Ugh, my whole growing up, it's all you hear is that how you gotta sit and be dainty and oh, you're too tall, how are we gonna find a man? It's like, your, your presence and your like owning of, uh, of your body, especially if you're, if you're physical and you don't like uh, to sit like a dainty princess, uh, you're made to feel like a, you know, a tomboy and that's not, that's, not, that's not okay, that's not feminine. It's like, well, there are different ways. Welcome back to Nothing Shines Like Dirt, empowering actors to create episode 17. I'm Elise Siebert. And I'm Leslie Shannon. Today we have producer Catherine Randall and actress, writer, dancer Pascal Signori. We talk about their film, Roads to Olympia, that filmed on three continents. Women's rights around the world. And actually saving the rainforest. Tiring. You just, <laughs> yeah, you're. You can't like. You're noticed everywhere you go, which is a good thing, but not always. Sometimes you're yeah. just like, okay, let me. And and you, it's very awkward sometimes too. Cause you're yeah. Like, all gangly and weird. Not that I'm gangly, but I was about to say, I, there's nothing about you that says gangly. No, no, you're no, a not gangly. Ballerina, how are yeah. you gangly? I, I don't know. <laughs> like when you're short, you can kind of blend in, and if you're feeling awkward, you don't have to be a thing and a part of whatever social thing you're at. But when you're six feet tall, they're like, oh, immediately, you're a thing. Which yeah, is good yeah. if you're an actress. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, I'm it's not complaining. That, yeah. I'm not that, that, I really, it's a good I really. Thing. To I like stand out of the crowd a little bit. No, I love being tall, and I'm above all of the BO in the subway, so that's oh, good. Oh, how is Ooh, that? That's, that's the good. That <laughs> I'm just like right at yeah. market level. I'm just like, oh, great. I'm so glad you didn't take a shower today, <laughs> and I'm standing right next to you. Uh, yeah. Yes. It's been so hot in the city, too. So it's, this week has I've been a lot it. better, yeah. but it's, yeah, it's, it's fucking hot and smelly. Mm-hmm. The trash, it gets so stinky. Yeah, New York has a special, a special, special relationship. Ambiance, shall special we say? <laughs> so, Pascal, are you writing or creating anything else right now while you are a part of this film? Yes, I actually just finished um, a feature-length screenplay about a Sri Lankan maid trapped in her employer's apartment in Beirut during the 2006 war with Israel. Oh shit. Um, uh, hopefully, I don't. I I like it. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's very fresh. I just finished it, so I'm not. I, I don't. I'm not great at, at talking about it yet. But but I I dove really deep into that right after shooting because I was still in the whole like Middle Eastern thing, you know, or spending you were two inspired. weeks. Yeah, yeah, and it was yeah, and and also for the for the shoot. I mean. Obviously, as an actor, you use a lot of stuff from your own life and whatever. And the, like I was telling you, the 2006 war is what well, I was in Lebanon for that. And um, I did kind of use a lot of stuff from that. So it was on my mind. And then I just uh, dove into it and, and did it right after really intensely. And during uh, the Jordanian uh, Independence Day, we oh got to... Oh, my God, yeah. We, they did a very strange but interesting thing where they had very low-flying, uh, like, mock six jet planes and it was so intense that it would shake the buildings i mean it, your core would tremble and what a what a weird and confusing thing to create such a 
I mean, they were doing it out of pride, right? Showing their military might. We do the same thing during Memorial Day. However, never so low. Um, but think about all the like Syrian refugees and how they're hearing that mm -hmm. and hobbling. And you oh, had you gosh. yourself had like very serious like PTSD what? during those moments. Yeah, you saw that. That was that was, I guess fireworks too are now a thing, but those stupid planes, like cause you those planes. That's exactly what it's on. It was very, very freaky. Um how often did that happen while you guys were in Jordan? It was just that, that one. Was day? Just, that one just, day. just the one, just day, the one day, day, but probably like I don't know, every ten minutes. <laughs> it was rough. Right. It was very overwhelming and were you filming during that day yeah, oh was, my that was god poor, oh yeah. my goodness our sound guy had a hard time too because he, he would be like oh yeah he's like hold for sound yeah hold for sound yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah oh yeah. my gosh but what what a crazy thing to to deal with while you're filming something and you're trying to be in the world of the film but then it brings you back to another place in time for yourself do you know what i right. mean i mean i was able to quickly like focus back on for, first of all realize rationally that this is they're not going to drop anything it's right. fine they're just you know um and i don't want to make myself out to be some kind of like war whatever refugee not at all i had it way easier than a lot of people even in 2006 because they were mostly bombing the south and i was in beirut so i was fine but um but still there was a physical reaction where i was just very very upset for a minute but no it was fine I pulled it together yeah well I mean and that's the thing is like realizing that that's what it is in your in your do you know what I mean like taking exactly. that moment to have that realization there's a lot of people especially um, nowadays it's becoming more of something that people actually talk about and deal with so I think it's a little bit easier for people to address it and to to say oh this is a real thing I'm not making this up I'm not being weak it's not right. me being like there's all of these things that were associated with it but um, I mean people having PTSD back in, you know, wars a long time ago before people knew what it was, they they thought they were being weak or crazy. And right. so it's um it's just it's it's interesting to know that and and it's and it's such a lucky thing to be able to real to realize what it is and identify exactly. it, you know. But even when you do I mean the the weird thing is the delay because it's been 10 years. I was telling Kat earlier like I during the thing, like during the the war, and and shortly after, or for the whole time, actually, these whole ten years, I've been fine. You know, it kind of uh, can come up, I guess, at any moment. That was the weird thing. I was like, why is this so hard? Like, not just the the planes. Obviously, it's going to be hard, but the stuff with fireworks and and loud sounds and whatever. Like ten years later, that's when it's surfacing, really. Right, but that's something um, that made a big impact on your life. So it's it's anything like how many things do we have from our childhood that we don't even realize affect us affect us yeah, daily yeah, exactly. it's a defense mechanism yeah we you bury kind of, it we bury right. it and then it kind of creeps up when, exactly. when it decides it wants to uh, um, right. how interesting was it filming back in the middle east and filming this character having grown up in the middle east and being an artist like what was what was that experience like for you um it was really amazing it was um I'd say by far like the best professional experience of my life and to have it be in the Middle East uh, and in Jordan which it turns out is a huge uh, hub for for cinema I, I had no idea that they like the crew that we were working with had worked on huge productions like Zero Dark Thirty and all, all these like crazy Hollywood productions because I guess anytime you see a desert scene or uh, not anytime but a lot of times they, <laughs> a lot of times ninety nine percent of the time yes it's in Jordan <laughs> so their skill level was really really high and then also and being able to speak Arabic and be um, 
Yeah, I felt very at home. Like, although I'm not from Jordan, I'm from Lebanon, so there is a difference. But but the mentality is the same. They're very warm, and and immediately uh, we got along. And also the professionalism was there because I, I I will admit I was a little worried about like the crew being all oh it's fine we'll do it tomorrow you know like a mm-hmm. kind of slow paced mentality that can sometimes affect the work in Lebanon anyway. But that was not the case. They were super professional. Is Arabic your first language? I have three first languages. Oh my I, gosh. My parents Making like, me feel like threw a them at dummy. My yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just an American. I don't get I credit for that, though. It's my parents that spoke well, to no, me. That's a, I, I'm, I'm just in awe, yeah, and but... I am inspired, and I've been trying to learn Spanish this year. I don't even know Spanish. It's, uh, you know. It I, I can it speak it, like, drunken Spanish, to where it, like, Spanish. doesn't make sense, and my conjugation yeah. is really bad, but that's pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what languages do you speak? Uh, French, English, Arabic. And you learned them all as a child. As a kid, yeah. yeah. And then I went to a French school in Lebanon where they teach you all three also. Well, mostly French and English. Or, no, sorry, French and Arabic. Um, but then my dad's American, so he spoke English. So. Wonderful. Very cool. And Kat, how did you find this team in Jordan? Like, how you guys knew you had this Middle Eastern scene in this script. Like, what was the process of deciding where in the world to film it? And... So uh, our co-producer, Yanal, uh, Yanal Kasey, he, um, he basically amassed the entire crew uh, for us and, and helped greatly with making sure that he pulled together the best of what was available. And, um, and we're lucky because Ramazan has done a very great job of, Ramazan, the writer and director, has done a really great job of networking with people that meet people that meet other people kind of in a weird way similar to how you and I met yeah where just through conversation you go oh you know I know this person you should talk to them and then suddenly it's like oh, we we're gonna be friends forever we're gonna do this <laughs> and, and we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna change the world <laughs> so um so Yanal was one of those kind of introductions and and his last film, um, Thebe, actually was nominated for an Oscar and won the BAFTA, and he was the associate producer on that. So he, he's got so many film credits and has really worked. He, his strong suit really is that he's been an AD for a long time, so he's very good at like wrangling a crew and getting people together, and, um, and he put together one heck of a team out there. So you got to have a good first AD. Yeah. It's like such a key ingredient yeah. I think, to, to having a smooth shooting schedule or as smooth as it can possibly be right because regardless sometimes you're going to hit road bumps anyways it's having someone who's able to help you get back on track mm-hmm. after you know everything falls off well cat mm-hmm. is also instrumental to that so professional problem solver uh, no over kidding. here like anything that goes wrong it's <laughs> like and Kat, um, your story is so interesting. I'm yeah, just... I want to know about it because I was like reading about you. I was looking up like, who are these people who I'm interviewing today? <laughs> and I was like, what? Podiatry? Like, yeah. What's going on? <laughs> and, then, and then music? Yeah. Um, music therapy. Yeah. So tell us about your path from there to here. Right. Ooh, to your, such your a long and winding road. On the road to, road to Olympia. <laughs> yeah. the, the literal road. <laughs> um. Well, I'm a, I'm a nutty kind of jack-of-all-trades type of person who uh, allows myself the ability to start something and stop it. <laughs> um, which <laughs> that's, a, that's a gift. It is, really, truly. Uh, so, yes, I have studied music therapy. Um, I have a degree in business. I went to medical school, and I'm happily a dropout um, <laughs> because I went to med school on a whim, and I, I left on a whim as well. Um, <laughs> but uh, I... 
find that I just collect as much knowledge as possible from all these varied places in the world and and then I utilize it to the next task. Um, and so yes, my background is really diverse. Uh, in the last seven years, I've been working as a special advisor to CEOs and uh, international events planner and um, I've met over 36 presidents and um, very <laughs> crazy. interesting, fun stuff. But um, for me, it's most important that I'm always doing something that matters and it could be big or small, right? So whether I'm helping my cousin with some kind of life scenario or I'm trying to change the world in a more prominent way, it's as long as it's important and it matters, I get very motivated and, and go for it. Um, so when I studied podiatry, I had a diabetic grandmother who lost two toes and uh, I was inspired by that. So I wanted to see if there were ways that I could help other people with diabetes. And I figured out that, well, I can, but it's not what I want to do on a daily basis. So um, let's reroute this somehow. But now I'm a wonderful healthcare proxy, and so if anyone goes to the emergency room, just take me with you. I speak medical. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get from, I know, I mean, because in particular, because I realized like, we like jumped headfirst into this conversation, and we sure. didn't allow our audience to know a little bit about like the project and what you're working on. So if one of you or together want to come up with some sort of synopsis as to what Roads to Olympia is... Sure. Um, so Roads to Olympia is a, uh, a feature fictional film. I have to point that out for, for the novices who don't know the difference, because as soon as we describe it, most people think that it's real. Um, but uh, that is written by our uh, director, producer, writer, Ramazan Anayev. Uh, it is a story about three Olympic hopefuls that all would like to make it to the games. Um, and they are from different walks of life in all respects, different countries, different socioeconomic backgrounds, um, different religions, and each one of them are facing a major cultural or social hurdle that is making their, their journey to the games even harder. So our first character is um, a male decathlete living in Russia who happens to be gay, which is a bit of a problem at the moment. Although it is not illegal to be gay in Russia, it um, is definitely a place where persecution and um, a lot of harassment is okay. So it is frowned upon. Um, then the second is a, a male wrestler who happens to live in a flavela in Rio, and he's dealing with income inequality and poverty and dealing with a criminal past and trying to raise up his family by maybe becoming an athlete. Um, and the third, and one of my favorites is uh, <laughs> is the story of Muna, who Pascal plays, and uh, that is a story about a Saudi girl playing for an underground soccer league, and um, been really lucky to meet actual people recently who are the first creators of such underground soccer leagues in Saudi Arabia. Um, women do play sports there, however due to Sharia law and certain other pressures, it is not something that too many do openly. And um, it becomes very complex. Um, women technically are not supposed to even drive in Saudi Arabia, um, but even that too, there's a lot of change happening there and in the world. So um, we just talk about in all three stories and especially that one, 
how sometimes the biggest wall or hurdle is not society at large, but your family pressures. So in Muna's case, it is her mother who doesn't want her to play. And um, it's one of those women keeping women from from achieving their goals scenarios, which is in the Middle East actually a bigger problem than what most people would think as the traditional like father dominant saying no. Um, so and a lot of people focus on that. They focus on, you know, the male mm-hmm. kind of power over the female. But it's, it is really interesting because there are many traditional women and many conservative women that are, they believe that they're doing the right thing by continuing how it's always been. But right. It's or protecting protect, their children. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It, it also goes a lot back to what you guys were just talking about with what do you hold in your past and what has happened in the past that keeps you from progressing forward. And in our storyline, our characters definitely are facing that because the mother is deliberately holding the daughter back due to history within their their lives. And it's interesting to see how that unravels in our in our plot as well. Yeah, and also just to bounce off of that and point out that the mom character is by no means like a villain it's very well written she Mm -hmm. has she has her reasons i don't want to give away the plot but um it's you you get to see uh all sides of it and the why and the how people get to that point basically right but that's the thing too is in life there are very few people in life that you can look at and say you're the villain (laughs) right you know what i mean and so i think it's so important to to point out our flaws as well as our our strengths because how will we ever know how to grow or really be able to because I think a lot of film and television is really starting to do that more now they're mm-hmm, they're exactly. really showing yeah. we've talked the about this before the complexity the humanity yeah. Yeah. better writing and in this case it's exactly that like the writing is solid and you don't get just the stereotypical villain or whatever um, how do you guys think women um American women, Middle Eastern women are going to react to Muna's story? Like, have you, like, working on it, have you thought about ways it's going to affect women? Or I can tell you the response that we're already receiving. Um, I mean, Americans are big champions of social good issues. We like to talk about them. Um, <laughs> we maybe don't. <laughs> I love how you said that. <laughs> very true yeah so for for the american audience it's like oh yeah cool great yeah let's add that to the list like another one um but in the middle east the response that we're getting is is kind of overwhelming because first the the movie is actually in the three respective languages so the movie is in arabic as well as russian and portuguese and um it's gonna be the first time that a story like this has actually been told in the language um, in a way that might be really accessible. So um, there are a lot of people that we've spoken to that are extremely excited to see how they can utilize this as a tool to get girls to know that, you know, playing sports could be a great thing for you or women's empowerment could be a lot more subtle than you getting up and burning your bra or something crazy, but but here's a way that you can do it um, and be proud of yourself as a woman in a different light. So um, we've talked to so many people in in 
in various countries. I mean, the region is, you know, it's not, America's so big, it, it, we forget sometimes. But, I mean, all of the Middle East, I think, fits in, like, New England almost. It's not a very large space. And, um, and so they're varied countries, and each country has its own culture and its own way of doing things. And there are various religions within it, and it's not just a Muslim thing. And so there's, there's a lot... Um, there's a there's just crazy Pandora's box actually of stuff that we could talk about, but but truly um, targeting like girls that are Muslim that are in sport. Um, we've been doing a lot lately talking about uh, all of our fellow uh, phenomenal Olympic athletes that were wearing hijabs and things like that, and that's something that's really important because this year is the first year that at least in America we're getting to experience something that we're not as used to and um, and that if we embrace, then a lot of the rest of the world hopefully can too. Um, I, I don't know. What is your thoughts on that, Pascal? I mean, like you said, the Pandora's box thing, there, I have a lot of thoughts, but I guess to um, boil it down to, I guess what I'm hoping um, is that seeing a female character on screen who is uh, being physical and not wearing makeup and, and playing sports, I hope that that will help people, girls and women and um, everybody in the Middle East realize that there are different ways to be feminine. Uh, earlier we were talking about like me being six feet tall or whatever. Ugh, my whole growing up, it's, all you hear is that how you got to sit and be dainty and, oh, you're too tall. How are we going to find a man? He's like, <laughs> your, your presence and your, like, owning of, uh, of your body, especially if you're, if you're physical and you don't like uh, to sit like a dainty princess, uh, you're made to feel like, a, you know, a tomboy and that's not, that's, not, that's not okay, that's not feminine. It's like, well, there are different ways. It's just as feminine to be yes. uh, playing soccer and sweating and looking gross. Like, I'm, I have, like, no scenes with makeup. I'm obviously a little for the camera, but... What um, a good message for Hollywood, too, not just... <laughs> not just yeah, the exactly, East, not just the middle, like, yeah, absolutely. Like, Everywhere. women can be all shapes and sizes and don't have to be in a sports bra and makeup to play a sport, you know, like... Right. Are you saying I'm fat? No. No, <laughs> no I'm saying like the over-sexualized. That was hilarious though. <laughs> no, but that's something that I'm really passionate about too. Serena Williams has been speaking out a lot about that. And I really yeah. applaud her yeah. because there are certain like not being feminine does not mean the exact same thing everywhere around and that's okay we don't have to fit into this box of what society or what whatever culture we're in tries to drown us into i mean i had a lot of problems growing up i was i'm naturally very muscular and i had to work really like i've just as i've gotten older even this last year i started um, doing more working out stuff again. And my first thing that I said was, I don't want to do anything that makes my, my shoulders bigger. And you know what? Like I look back at it now and I'm like, you know what? That That's how my body's made. Yeah. And like, yeah, if that's not what I want, that's fine. But I need to know what the reasons are that you want something like right. that. You can be beautiful and feminine no matter what your body looks like. Exactly. You're a woman. And athleticism so is not a male thing. It's not no. reserved for men. That's the, I mean. It's not. But yeah, I... 
I feel you. That's something I've really well, been. Well, and look at the U.S. women, how they won the most medals out of any country. It was the women, the U.S. women. Yeah, you the know, women like, killed it. That no, was something <laughs> I wanted to talk to you guys about. So the Olympics now being over, and what were your, I mean, did you guys actively watch a lot? I'm a, I'm a big <laughs> Olympics person, yeah. Watched a lot. And how did you feel about the the Olympics overall? Like, what was your, your feeling for, because, I mean, there were a lot of, women just killing it Mm -hmm. well this olympics was special for all of our three causes being lgbtq rights women's rights and even income inequality and poverty um and actually with a lot of elisa's help we were uh kind of chronicling a lot of this through our social media which is roads to olympia the movie on facebook so please go like us um but (laughs) nice we um you know we got to see tons of interesting stories about strong women from all countries all over the world that were fascinating. We got to see uh, a proposal by uh, (laughs) one woman to another in Brazil, which was unbelievable and fantastic. Whereas if that was Sochi, they would have been arrested. So that was a really big deal. And, um, And a very poignant thing to do, especially because of, of Sochi. Um, I find that uh, this one of my favorite stories was the uh, the gold medalist from Brazil, the judo uh, girl who uh, grew up in the city of God. And I mean, she's just an example of everything, right? She's a girl. She's dealing with the income inequality. She she represents so much to so many people. She she's also African Afro-Brazilian, which is a really big deal as well. Um, unfortunately, Brazil suffers from as much racism as the next place. And um, this this Olympics was something that it was more than just the sport, which it always is, but it got to actually be Olympians standing up for who they are and what they believe in and representing stuff so that the next generation, they were all very conscious of, I'm doing this so other people like me will do this too. Um, so that was so fun. I mean, of course, love watching like the gymnast and yeah. uh, I ran track, so I'm very into track and field. And um, I mean, the four by four girls, for, I, I, again, we're American, so I can't help but to like, I don't want to over <laughs> talk about America, but. There's some really stellar stuff. And I'm also very excited. The The Paralympics start this week. And oh, yeah. Whew, there's going to be some good things to watch. Because in my life, uh, after studying podiatry, I also custom-built prosthetics and orthotics. So I'm really into this. Like, yeah, wow. let's learn about fake limbs, people. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that was going on. So is that a whole two weeks, too? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. incredible. The Paralympics always go right after. right after. And so there's tons of like really cool stuff about to happen. And we've got a, a friend who's a rower. Uh, she's she's going to kill it. And I, we've got a lot of amazing people from America that you got to watch out for. So watch the Paralympics. You're going to be even more amazed. Yeah. I. It's one of the things that I feel like they, they don't definitely don't uh, market and uh, – broadcast as as much as well for that as they do for the regular olympics yeah i mean we even again with this movie the beauty of it not being a documentary is the fact that we can put in whatever we want to and so um we did have a, a nod to the paralympics actually in muna's part of the film where we had a, a girl in a wheelchair and like kind of just as an emphasis a highlight that 
there is this whole other part of the games and everyone should be able to play. And when we say that everyone has the right to play, we mean whether you're gay or you're a girl or, you know, you're living in a place where sports are not afforded to you. So how do we make that happen? And um, with our film, we've done a partnership with various NGOs and social good organizations. Um, and one of them um, is actually in Brazil and they are dealing with building in the favelas pitches for soccer and things like that where that wasn't the, happening 10 years ago. And there's some amazing, amazing people all over the world that every day are fighting to make sure that people have the right to play or the capabilities to or the facilities to or just the desire to, um, whether they're doing it in secret or they're doing it on a dirt field or you know, they're in a fancy, fancy studio somewhere. To get the opportunity to utilize sport as an outlet is a big part of what we want to convey as a message that everyone has the right to play, no matter what you're up against. So how do you make that happen? It's amazing. Yeah, I've I found too a lot of times there were many times when I was watching this year and I don't know if it's just because I was hyper aware of it, but um there were also several inst- instances where I witnessed um some some hardcore sexism going on from the announcers, which was really um interesting and I love how social media freaked out afterwards, which I think is so great that people are actually calling people out on their shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the um, the the swimmer from Hungary, mm-hmm. the whole thing with, with her husband. With her husband mm-hmm. Like, that's the man responsible for her, like, being a whole new swimmer. And I'm like, oh, wow, he was in this pool swimming? I didn't know that. I was unaware <laughs> of this. But I just thought it was really, um, it was great how you actually saw the backlash from, the, from all of the, the sexist comments. And so... If anything, it's making people more aware that it happens and it's making people more aware that, hey, I'm doing this. Why am I doing this? Because they got so much backlash from it, which I think as much as it sucks that it's still happening, like at least the backlash is is also helping to counter it from continuing at the rate that it is. Right. Well, that's a beautiful example of how technology's warp speed is actually having a, a direct effect on all of our daily lives. So even for the last round of Olympics, let's say at Sochi or something, um, which is only two years ago, your grandma might not have been on Facebook then. And everybody's, you know, great aunt or mom or little sister, like it's changing so that everybody, everybody, the internet's not just certain savvy tech folks, it's the whole world. And also so many more people who were maybe not able to access the internet as well are now on it and in a very global way. So that's why we're allowed to have those kind of conversations online. And it's really being talked about, um, which it's a form of globalization that's awesome and so cool. Whereas the the Sochi stuff, especially around the LGBT rights and, and talking about women it was happening, but it wasn't as present to my mom because she wasn't on Facebook yet. So, yeah, you know, so yeah. now everybody gets to kind of hear those voices. And that's that's kind of amazing. So as women and women online, we are we are able to like band together in a way that we hadn't before. And that's that's kind of awesome. 
which yeah. is why you should follow Roads to Olympia on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> like I love all the plugs. You're, you're so good at this. You're so good at this. I need to learn from you. Um, what was I going to say? Um, I was going to ask Pascal, um, do you still have family and friends in Lebanon? Yeah. Like, yeah, have you talked to them about the film? And I know it's not somewhere as strict as, and conservative as Saudi Arabia. Oh, but, no, not at all. Yeah, yeah but what are their, what are their thoughts? Because they're just a little bit closer to that part of the world than... Right. Uh, I was actually just in Lebanon like a week ago. Um, and obviously I talked about the film a lot to everybody and everybody's really excited to... To see it, it's not. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's like you're saying. It's it's not as as groundbreaking of a of a concept in Lebanon for a woman to be uh, physic or um, athletic as it is in in Saudi Arabia. Um, but but still, there are a lot of. Uh, they're stuck in in kind of old school mentalities where, uh, like, okay, yeah, it's okay to to to. Um, let me try to find a good example. Well, I mean, me, I grew up in the Midwest in the middle of Nebraska and it's totally okay for girls to play sports, but it's still, I always like as a little girl, that wasn't what I was supposed to do. Like it was like subconscious messaging almost, you know, it's it's like, oh yeah, you can do that, but it's more for fun. Exactly. Keep it as a hobby. Don't do it too many days a week. Don't develop too many unattractive muscles. (laughs) Well, I remember I actually, I would, I I remember one of my friends in high school, we signed up for a weight training class because you had to take a gym period and we're like, we're going to do weight training. And her dad was like, girls are supposed to be soft. And I will never forget that. And I was like, what? No, and yeah. I, I've been a dancer my whole life, and I'm like, no, they can yeah. be strong and, you know, that kind of thing. So I didn't know if there's something you experienced. It's, 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 it's more the kind of those like kinds of things, things for sure. And then also um, not viewing it as a potential career choice. Uh, and that's for men and women, but mostly for women. Like anything, like I, I was super intense about ballet um, my whole life growing up there, and and yes it's cute to do ballet and it's good because you know you'll have good posture and all that but come on it's not a career it's not that's not serious that's and that obviously not everybody thinks that way but but that um mentality they're uh, quite stuck in as well um in some cases um but yeah totally not comparable to, <laughs> to saudi arabia at all yeah yeah so when is oh we have some we have a soundtrack right now y'all. <laughs> um, so when so what process are you in with the film right now? So we are in post production. Ooh, yes, amazing. Um, Tell everyone where you all filmed too. Oh right. We, we, so um, so we shot in New York a little bit. We did Russia for New York because technically, um, due to the laws in in. Russia, uh, this would be considered a propaganda film. So we weren't so sure that it was legal for us to shoot it there. So we flew some of our actors in from Moscow and shot Russia for New York for Russia. Then we went similarly to Jordan because we weren't really able to do this in Saudi Arabia. Um, and and then we went to, to Rio for, for Rio. So that was pretty great. And I wasn't there for the games, but we were there for the lead up. And it was fascinating to watch the city try and pull it all together. <laughs> I mean, that's a story in of itself. Yeah, oh, golly. Yeah. Um, but they, I mean, the games ended this it week. Beautiful. It was all pulled off mm-hmm. all right. So 
Minus the swimming pools. Did you see that? <laughs> Some of the yeah. pools turned, turned green. green. Turned like <laughs> yeah. severely green. Uh, they have a lot of water issues down there. Yeah. We can leave it at we that. Can, we can leave it at that. We can leave it at that. Um, They're a little crappy, if you will. Well, <laughs> I mean, you, could, you can smell it driving around. It's unfortunate. Oh, man. It's really unfortunate. That's crazy. But... So um, I know we're in post and you never you never know when post will be over. I feel like that's at least how I've always felt. Um, but do you have a projected um, date? So the, the hope and goal is that we will premiere at a film festival sometime winter of 2017, which one is to be determined. But uh, that is that is the game plan at the moment. Um, and it's hard. It, it's hard to speculate. I could speculate for days, but. We should probably just leave it at that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't. That was not, I didn't want an exact date. As you notice how I, I prefaced yes, with, um, yes. I know post-production can be like a wild card, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love, we have people on and they're like, well, when I started this movie eight years ago, yeah, right. you know, and they've just finished di- distribution or something. It's just, it's a, we've had it's a, a very baby. Aggressive, it's um, a baby. We've had a very aggressive time frame, so. Yeah, what has the time frame been from script to, to, to now? All in all, it's almost three years, but for production, I mean, we started shooting in December. We pretty much wrapped, I guess, the end of June. Um, and it was, you know, 10 days here, 10 days there type of a deal. Um, so it's, it's been a pretty quick turnaround. But yeah, and for, for a very, very independent film that's <laughs> we still we still got a long way to go yeah. but it's exciting yeah it's really exciting, it is exciting. So yeah is this your first film endeavor so this is my first time uh producing at this level um but for me as my many hats that i've worn uh as a kid i was a, a child actor and i grew up in new york so i was definitely a part of the film and television world um at a younger age and then Post-college, right before medical school, I helped um, uh, another friend's independent film company. So I've, I've gone through the film festival circuit, and I have a basic understanding of, of the production side of things. But, yeah, I don't know. I just like to do a lot of things at once. <laughs> I'm noticing that. Yeah. Um, so what other projects for both of you? What other things? Because you were talking at the beginning about your one project you have going on. What other things do you have in the works right now that you want to tell us about? Anyone? No. Oh, well, either of you, both of you, same. Not, not at the same time though, because that makes it a lot harder. To <laughs> so, um, gosh, it's kind of funny that I'm going to talk about this already, but uh, I am give as little details as necessary. For no, no. So, we are always uh, through Beacon Revolt, which is the uh, the production company. We have a couple of things in the works that we're looking at. Um, but me being me, I'm also uh, helping a really good friend who is saving the rainforest right now. So um, we could talk about that another day too, but something called uh, the Rainforest Connection and um, it's really neat. So I'm about to take a deep dive into a little bit of that action. Where which, can people find information about that? Um, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, the rainforestconnection.com, I believe is okay. the, oh, it's rfcx.com. Okay. Yeah, I'll have, cool. to, have to go. Yeah, you'll, you'll have share to it share with it with us and then we'll make yeah. sure to put it in the link below. That could be its own podcast. It's really neat. My friend created this technology that uses old cell phones and uh, solar panels and he puts them up in trees all over the world and he's he's stopping deforestation. So it's oh amazing. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah. So inspiring. It's how so many so times are you like, God, I wish I could save the rainforest. And here's somebody that's like, yeah. I'm going to save the rainforest. You can go watch his TED Talk. His name's Topher White. So, oh, oh my really gosh. Cool. I cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> and then how about for you? What other projects do you have going on right now? Well, earlier I was telling you guys about the the screenplay that I just finished writing. Um, and then in September, I'm also going to be taking part in this, uh, the workshop of a play by Betty Chami, who's also a Lebanese, um, Lebanese-American playwright. Uh, so that's going to be going up at LPAC. Um, and for now, that's pretty much it. I mean, that's enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, was not, it was not well, to also, meant to make you feel bad. It was meant to just make sure we know what else we can look forward to seeing you in. Hopefully some stand-up, too, and some comedy sketches. I heard yes, you that's were right. doing stand-up. Yeah. So, Where yeah. are you doing that at? Well, I actually, um, before moving to Paris, I did, uh, I did this. It was more of a roast, but it was definitely stand-up at the cutting room. Uh, for my friend's show, my friend was doing a um, a cabaret to raise money to go volunteer in India. He's super talented. Uh, anyway, that's yeah, different thing. But so that was pretty much the first time that uh, he asked me to do it because he knows that I'm sarcastic and I like jokes. Uh, <laughs> and I really, I, I immediately liked it. Um, and then I was in another play in 2014 um, by a Syrian-American actress where I was doing stand-up that I wrote, but within the context of the play, as a bird. It was really strange, but cool. <laughs> it was this, that sounds amazing. It was, it was really funny. Birds are it funny. Was, it was, yeah, it was very special. Um, and so those were my first two, like, um, I guess, how do you say it in English? Okay, see, I speak three languages, but not really well. Yes. <laughs> um, that is not Your true. Your first introduction into the world of... Being a uh, yeah, thank you. And then, <laughs> and then in Paris, I, I kept do. I was in Paris this year, as I told you guys, and that's when I really started um, taking it more seriously and writing more sets and performing more. And I really took a liking to it. So hopefully, I can do that here as well. That's so inspiring because stand up can be. I mean, from all of the people who I've ever talked to about it, it's rejuvenating and wonderful and awesome but it's also terrifying truly terrifying there's and you gotta be all confident you know like so what's up guys but like you're all shaking he's like, he's like just whatever you do don't look at my hand don't look exactly. at my hand no the very first time I was exactly like that and I was trying to be all badass but I was really gonna pee myself but, but when it works out it's like this crazy high that well you guys are performers too. yes so, we know. understand this addiction you know <laughs> it's interesting though back. you're not bringing up the fact pascal when she does her stand-up it's very like women's focus you which guys is cool. you have to check out ali i think it's ali wang or ali wong now i'm forgetting i think it's ali wong it's a netflix special she is fucking amazing yeah. <laughs> and she's seven months pregnant yeah. doing oh, this stand-up yeah. and it's like the first time I looked at a stand-up comedian and I was like oh you're like me mm. you get me because and I love like Amy Schumer and Chelsea Handler but they're like they're like the party girl and yeah. you know I'm like I, I appreciate that I have friends that are that girl I'm not that girl but she has just a really great take on life and being a woman and like Oh, sorry, I banged the table. <laughs> bang the table, I get in trouble. But um, <laughs> check her out. She's really, really funny. Yeah, um, and I appreciate it. I'm like, you're seven months pregnant. How many people would do a stand-up special for Netflix, seven months pregnant? I know, I know. I think that's amazing. I think that adds to a whole nother level of humor. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it's, it's her physicality, her jokes. She's a writer on um, Fresh Off the Boat. 
Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So I well, highly recommend that. But. Ladies, thank you so much for coming and talking to us. Is there anything else you wanted to ask? Well, or? just make sure you like Roads to Olympia on Facebook. There's and then we it's said really that important. It's really important to our <laughs> film right now. And then Kat, if you want to let everyone else know where else to find Roads to Olympia. Twitter. Sure. We're on Twitter. Um, just at Roads to Olympia, which is pretty easy. Um, use the hashtag Roads to Olympia on Instagram. And um, we do have uh, Roads to Olympia.com. So. And there's some trailers and stuff up, so you can check that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. It's not not fully trailers. It's still it's old like, test scenes, but Pascal's beautiful face is there. What about you, Pascal? Where can people find you? Um, I don't have a fan or a Facebook. I mean, I have a normal personal Facebook account. Um, but I I guess I have a website. You do have a website and you have a very funny bio. I read it earlier. I need to update that though because I haven't touched it in like two years and a lot has happened since then. (laughs) Then I'll have even more to look for it. I'll have to read it again because it's very well written and it's hilarious. (laughs) I'm glad you enjoyed it. All right. Awesome. And then what about Twitter? Twitter. No. 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 Okay. It's all right. Cool. Check out on our Social website. media is overwhelming. Okay. Let's really be real. Is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's I, awesome. I'm on Twitter, but I, I'm so bad with Twitter. So bad. Yeah. It's hard. I feel like you find one that you like and you have to kind of run with it. Well, and some people, some people are so good at it. So then it makes you feel like you're not good at exactly. it. Exactly. Like they're like on it all the time, you know, yeah, it's always I mean, updating. You gotta, you gotta lead your best full life. Yes, that's it, true. That's right. It may it not be, be through your thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> you might want to go to the gym. I don't yeah, know. Exactly. I know. Maybe you want more exercise other than just your thumbs, right? Yeah. yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Well, thank you so, so much, ladies. I'm so inspired to hear about all the stuff that you're doing, the work that you're doing, um, and I cannot wait to see you. Yeah. It's thanks for having us. Yes. Thank you for having thanks. us. Thanks. thanks. All right. And thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thanks. Good.